episode 33, Business Succession Planning and the Buy-Sell Agreement. Now, you don't want to abbreviate that and say BS because it's not BS. It's the real stuff. Welcome to CEO to Rainmaker, a practical small business educational podcast designed to increase an owner's executive skills, raise profits, and achieve long-term sustainability. And now your host, Gene Valdez. So long-term business succession planning's goal is to protect the future of an owner's family, their business partners, their employees, and their underlying business. Business succession planning is a complex subject with a lot of moving parts. One of the key parts is a buy-sell agreement. My guest this week is Janice Graham, who is an expert on succession planning and buy-sell agreements and the thought process leading up to its creation. Janice is president of Small Business Style Inc. It almost sounds like she's into clothing or something. And Entrepreneur's Insurance Services. So she's got two business. In addition, she is a sought-after public speaker, a best-selling author of a new book entitled, and I love this, Leaving in Style, Business Succession on Your Terms. Ms. Graham served as the president of the National Association of Women Business Owners. She is a life and annuity certified professional and is life and health licensed in several states. Janice earned her business degree from Cal Baptist University here in the Inland Empire. And now, a drum roll. Here she is, Janice. Janice, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's definitely my pleasure. Well, I know that uh, we're going to have some hard-hitting information from you, and the my listeners are going to say, yeah, I like that stuff. I'll put some of that to use. So let's get right to the chase. When should a business owner start initial conversations about the subject of business succession planning? So that a business owner should think about a business exit strategy or business succession strategy. I hope they're sitting down for this in the beginning. It's almost <laughs> like thinking of Stephen Covey. You begin with the end in mind, habit number seven, habit number yeah. five. Yeah, I love that. In mind. Absolutely. Uh, but oftentimes business owners think, I'm just trying to get into business. And you're trying to tell me to think about getting out of business and it just kind of doesn't sit very well. But that is truly the best time to start having that conversation. I love it. I love it. Begin with the end in mind, right? Absolutely. Okay. So if you're a business owner listener, why is a, why is business succession planning so important? And if you want to use a case history, it's my show. I can do whatever I want. You can do it. <laughs> awesome. Great. Thank you. And I will, uh, because actually I'll, I'll kind of go back a little bit to 
to a little story to bring us to the forward and where I am today. I started in the financial services industry 26 years ago, working for two very, very large insurance companies, uh, two of the largest in the world. And then I took my experience from there and started my own practice almost 22 years ago. Now, when I started, I started doing primarily retirement planning because that's what I knew. That's what I learned and that's what I was going to do. In about February of 2001, not about, it was February 2001, I was in actually Temecula. I know exactly where I was. I know it. Just got off the freeway, got a call from my mom. And it was one of those conversations where you could hear that something's wrong. And I can hear that there was something in her voice. And she's like, are you driving? No, I'm not driving. You know, where are you? I'm at the Jack and Bots parking lot in Temecula. What is going on? Well, that's where everybody and meets. That's Jack where everybody meets, right? Yeah, you know? yeah why not? It's a go-to <laughs> meeting place. It, it was the go-to meeting place. And back then, I literally had a car phone. So I'm sitting on the car phone. And she told me that her friend Peyton had crashed his plane. And Peyton was a very successful business owner. And he had a business here in the Inland Empire. He lived in Newport Beach, but his business was here. And it was one of those things where it was like, oh, my goodness, the shock, the reverberation of what was happening. And I was quite intrigued because he had the type of business where they were private investigators that you would hire if you suspected something that was missing in your business or something in your accounting was just off. That new employee was really an investigator that worked for Peyton. So it piqued my interest and my curiosity because I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, this guy has employees that are in other people's businesses. What's going to happen to this business and how are they going to get paid? Will they keep their jobs? What is going on? So I kept asking her, you know, what's going to happen to the business? She was like, I don't know. And I kept asking and asking. And finally, she said, uh, there was nothing in writing. So the board of directors got together and they decided that they had to close the business. They weren't in a, in a position to continue it. And I just thought that was the strangest thing. So when I would go to uh, meetings within my industry and I would go to, to the guys, because that's a very male dominated. So they're all guys to my mentors. And I would say, let me tell you this story. And I would tell them, tell them the story and I would say, why did that happen? Why did that have, have to happen? And they, were, they would ask, well, did he have life insurance? I'm thinking, what does that have to do with business? You know, so I'll ask. And I would ask and my mom said, no, he didn't have life insurance. And then I would tell, you know, go out to someone else and say, let me tell you this story. You know, why did this happen? And they said, well, did he have a buy-sell agreement? thinking, well, what is that? It's like, it wasn't buying or selling anything. So I don't know. So I went back and asked, no, there was no buy-sell agreement. There, there was nothing. There was nothing other than the operations of the business. And I became very interested in that space and trying to understand why did this happen? What is this buy-sell agreement thing and what's going on? So sure. as, I, as I began to learn more about that space and I realized like there's a lot that business owners don't know. And that buy-sell agreement has, I'm not gonna say nothing, but very little to do with buying and selling per se. It has more to do with putting a, I like to call it a business prenup in place. To uh -huh. help business owners understand, right? That it makes a little right. bit more sense. Sure. You know, be, 
buy-sell agreement is a legal term, and I'm not an attorney, so I'm not beholden to it, I don't think. But it's, if you say it's a business prenup, people understand it is an agreement that helps to, it's not going to, it's not the catch-all, it's not going to save the world, but it will really help you to have an answer or a solution for some of the more common things that ha can happen in the business. And sure. oftentimes they're with partners, but it doesn't have to be a partnership. It can be a one-way one way buy-sell agreement. Okay. But, but basically the buy-sell agreement in caveman language is, uh, is a written document that says how the estate is going to be carved up, who gets what, and yada, 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 yada. And in the absence of that, then it's who knows, right? Like you it's, just said. It is truly the estate. So when you think of a buy-sell agreement, it is its own standalone legal and binding contract. It can be something that addresses the estate. It can be something that's addressed with the trust, because if there is no trust, it is the estate and it will go through probate. And that's assuming that the business owner has died in the case, you know, like the example I shared. But oftentimes business owners have a greater chance of becoming disabled before they die. Sure. You can address disability. In my book, I talk about D-Day and, and the D's and I have a whole series of D's from divorce to death to disability, um, being disqualified. I'm licensed in my industry. Donuts are not in there oh, unless, you, unless you owe money. Well, if you owe money <laughs> on them, then they're in there because I we address debt. So... <laughs> <laughs> Well, so you know, I, in my other life, I used to be a commercial banker. I didn't have a lot of experience with buy-sell agreements, but I do remember one where there was two partners and they were both married. And one of the partners met an unexpected death. And we had lent this company $5 million and it was probably worth $10 million. So each partner owned in on paper, $5 million. And so the death of that partner, five men, was now the, the asset of his wife. And she calls the bank and says, I don't want anything to do with this business. I have no intention. All I want is my $5 million in bucks. And the owner that's her, that was still living says, well, where am I going to get $5 million? And we as the bank saying, we've lent you three men. You better figure it out. And that's when I heard about the buy-sell agreement. That would have been an instrument that they could have used, right? To Absolutely. create the liquidity. Absolutely. But that's when I, that clearly stays in my, in my mind. So in this day and age, Janice, you know, with LegalZoom.com and everything's online, can you create a do-it-yourselfer buy-sell agreement on your own? Or do you need an attorney and remember, I'm not getting paid by attorneys, but they probably are really interested to what your answer is going to be. Can you do that? Is there a boilerplate yeah. document? It, you know, there may be. And I am not an attorney either. And I don't get paid by any attorneys. But the attorneys I meet, I tell them I can sell you better than you. And the reason I say that is because I think it is it, imperative that you use an attorney. There are some some templates out there. As a matter of fact, I know there are. I don't know if there's any available to the public. I have access to them. And oftentimes I can provide that, that specimen to an attorney who may not be so familiar. But I think it's really important to have an attorney. There's certain things you need a doctor, there's certain things you need an attorney. Because a buy-sell agreement is customized, just like a, a prenup. It's, it is sure. something that is customized. And you want something that's going to stand up in court in the event that you have to go. 
So, you know, with, with the story that you have with the, the partners, a lot of those cases, if there's not the resources available, either they can't get a bank loan, they don't have a promissory note, they don't have a sinking fund and cash on hand, they didn't think to fund it with life insurance, which is pennies on the dollar, that, that, that spouse is angry. You know, like, like she said, I don't care anything about the business, I want the money. Well, with a buy-sell, if you have to find yourself in court over that issue, you'd want to have an attorney with you. And sure. most attorneys sure. will not support or represent a document they did not write. So I think it's vitally important. So maybe we've covered this, but if we just kind of strip it down to its really basic level, you've seen so many buy-sell agreements in your career. What are just some some basic parts that they should include? What would you normally see in a buy-sell agreement that's properly prepared? If it were a simplified buy-sell agreement, you are going to, and and let's say there's uh, this partners or shareholders, you want to be able to address the, the basic Ds, death, disability, divorce, and the one that's not a D, I think we call it a departure in my book, which is retirement. You know, okay. uh, those, are the, those are your basics. I mean, Oh my goodness, I was talking to a business valuation professional. He said, I saw one that was 45 pages. I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to see it. I didn't see it. But uh, typically they're not that large. No, please, I hope I didn't scare anyone. They're not that large. But you want to at least cover at the bare minimum the the, the departures or common situations that will, that you can address. Um, another thing would also be the, the shares, because if you do not have a buy-sell agreement in place, so Gene, you and I are in business together and I die. I always kill me off. I won't kill you off. I die. You're, if, if there's nothing in writing, we're in a community property state. You're now in business with who? You know? Mm-hmm. Right. Got it. My husband. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I haven't you know, even met him. I heard some good things about him, though. He's a good guy, (laughs) but he might not be so interested in our business. So so those are the things you want to address because you can have unintended business partners. So that the departures are going to be your your key pieces. Okay, got it. So you mentioned earlier that even if there isn't a business partner, if it's just you, a succession plan and a buy-sell agreement might still be applicable. Can you expound on that a little bit? Sure, absolutely. Uh, let's say that uh, you have a business and you're the sole owner of the business and you have um, a key employee and he's been with you or she's been with you 15 years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever the case may be, but they are probably more interested in the business than your family per se. You okay. can have what's called a one-way buy-sell agreement because there's only one, one owner. And with that one-way buy-sell agreement, it, it will stipulate the, the same types of things, death, disability, and then maybe first-right refusal for that employee. And then the first thought is, well, you know, some people say, I have a really great employee who would love to take over the business, but he can't afford it. Well, if you put this in place, like we talked about in the beginning, or even close to it, if you put this in place with years of landing strip, as I like to say, uh, you have time to build and there are tools and instruments that will allow for you to help that individual set aside monies that, no, he may not be able to buy the buy it outright, but he will have the resources for a down payment to get maybe an SBA loan and buy the business. So gotcha. yes, a one way can talk about having an heir apparent. Okay. 
Okay. What about, did COVID have any impact on your business and your space or was it irrelevant? It was, it was pretty much irrelevant. I think COVID just made me more efficient because that's when I finished my book. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. the truth know, comes I, out. Yes. It's like, I didn't, I wasn't on the freeway anymore. And it's like, you know, being, being able to meet, and uh, go from a meeting in Minnesota to a meeting in Florida to a meeting in Texas within five minutes span was quite efficient. So I had more time to work on, so you know, getting this information out. And so, but other than that, no, business, it was business as usual. Okay, so if you're a business owner and you have a sizable estate or you hope to be, who should your team consist of as far as estate planning? Obviously, an attorney, but is there kind of like little niches like that person does estate planning, that person does the buy-sell agreements, that person does the will, whatever, the trust. Yes. that's How that's specific or is there a one-stop shop? Is there a one-stop shop concept? It, you know, there's a, it, it all depends on the, the size of the business and the assets. When you're talking about attorneys, oftentimes, even in, as a, an insurance or financial professional, any profession, there's always specialists. And so I always liken it to doctors because people know about doctors. If I'm a cardiologist and you come to me and say your knee hurts, I don't look at it and go, oh, I could fix that too. I'm going to refer you to orthopedic surgeon. You know, it's, it's doctors are really quick to recognize and refer out things that are outside of their wheelhouse. So the same goes for attorneys. Oftentimes the attorney that you need, you, you mentioned three or four different things. They're really one. So it's, it's typically a, an estate planning attorney or business attorney. And a lot of estate planning attorneys are also specializing in business because the business affects the estate. Sure. So an estate planning attorney also can help with your wills, your trust, your buy-sell agreements, because all of those things, if not done properly, will have a family in probate court. So at that point, it's an estate planning. But the other professionals that you need, banker is huge, having a great relationship with your banker. If you have a CPA or accountant, that's huge. And understanding your accounting of the business. If there's a degree of wealth in that business, I definitely would recommend that you have a financial advisor. Because a lot of times, as a business owner, you may believe that you're, oh, I'm going to sell this business for $2 million. Well, you may want to sit down with your wealth manager or financial advisor to make sure that $2 million is enough to sustain you for your life and the things that you want to do in your life. So you'll have that individual, maybe depending, again, on the size of the business, you may have a business consultant, a business valuation company, uh, your insurance professionals to make sure that everything is valued and protected properly. So it could be a dream team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a team. Yeah, that's what I was uh, alluding to, because it's it's rare that one person is a one stop shop. Everybody sort of gravitates to specializing. If you find that one shop, one stop shop, I say back away, slowly turn and run. (laughs) Well, I met him at I I met this guy at a holiday in weekend conference and he says he could do it all for four ninety nine ninety nine. So maybe I should give him a call. Yeah. So congratulations on your book. Give me just two or three takeaways from the book that we haven't already discussed, because I don't want to be redundant. 
Okay. Is there something you'd like to share in there? Let me give you a little bit about the book, and, and I'll, I hope I can add a little, little bit more to what we've shared. The book was originally, it has been a work in progress, I'll put it that way. It was completed back in 2018, and I gave it to my editor, and she read it, and she goes, I, I'm a small business owner, I learned a lot from your book, but it was over my head. And I said, well, then it's wrong. So we scrapped the book and did a total 100% rewrite. And the first time around, I tried to make it simple because it is always my goal to make this whole world a little easier to understand so that people will actually take action. But it was still a little too technical. So we changed the format. We created a character and made it a story. Okay. So it's now a story that oh, I get okay. to I like it. those. I like yes. those. Okay. It, it, it's an easy read, but it's a story of a business owner. And this in this conversation with uh, this lady named Janice that she met at a conference. I mean, you know, it's like <laughs> it's that that's the fun part. My one of my friends go, Oh my gosh, I didn't know you were gonna be one of the characters. I go, well, Yes. Yeah. <laughs> People love stories. So that that's that was a, yes. a, a great idea. A great idea. Yes. This is oh. a very comp like you said at the beginning, this is a very complex talk to- topic. Oh, yes, it so is. We wanted and to make it palatable. I could talk for hours, but unfortunately, Janice, we run out of time. But if any of my listeners would like to contact you or get a copy of your book and um, educate themselves into, in terms of, I love that term, business prenup yes. concept. How would they do that? Well, the, you can always reach me at Janice at leavinginstyle.com. And if you like the book, if you go to my website, it's leavinginstyle.com. There is a link to Amazon or you can go to Amazon. It's available um, for uh, Kindle right now. It's very economically priced, but it's on Kindle and uh, or the book. And it's just putting leavinginstyle.com. Not living, but leaving like goodbye. Yeah. Living in style. That's what yeah, yeah. I think I will. I'm going to pick up one. So this whole subject is fascinating to me because if you think about it, you work hard your whole life, and then something yeah. traumatic can happen, and you don't get what you deserve. Yes. So poor and planning. I'll give, you, I'll give you a hint. It does have a fashion theme, just like you said at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're spot on (laughs) all right well janice thank you so much that was really good information and um i hope to talk to you soon i'm sure you will okay that's a wrap listeners if this week's episode has struck a chord with you contact professionals such as an attorney or a business succession insurance planner such as miss graham and do some initial brainstorming. It is a complex subject matter, but it does need to be dealt with. It's like the dentist. If your tooth aches, you can't be in denial. These are important stuff that you need to take advantage of and take take seriously. So see you next week, Rainmakers. Looking forward to it. Bye-bye. This has been CEO to Rainmaker with Gene Valdez. To find out more, like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. If you have questions, email the show. Find that link and others in the show notes. Thanks for listening and join us again next time.